is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's Allie here with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. And guess what, guys? Time for the Mulberry Lane Show. We just want to give a shout out to you for joining us here. We love having you here. Love putting the show together for you. And on this episode, you're going to hear from two singer-songwriters that have a lot to share about their creative approach. So get yourself ready for some inspiration today. Creative Mojo coming your way. Sisters, let's get to those guests. All right. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Up first, you're going to meet former Celtic Thunder member and all-around Irish good guy, Keith Harkin. Hey, there's nothing but you and I. You take the stars, the moon, the night, the air I breathe. You're the only thing I need. And you, you came into my life. You opened up my eyes, my heart, my jealousy. You're the thing that matters most to me. Nothing but you and I. Now, what's cool about Keith is this is his third time visiting with you guys here on the Mulberry Lane Show. He's got long hair, so he fits right in with the sisters. And he's going to be coming to the Midwest for some tour dates. He's going to be in Des Moines on May 25th, Kansas City on the 26th, and Omaha on the 27th. And guys, today on the show, you're going to hear all about his creative inspiration. He's made some bold moves in his career, and you're going to hear how he stays true to his creativity. Some good advice here for you on your journey. Heart to Heart Talk with Keith Harkin coming up. Yes, and who else is on the show, sisters? Okay, well then you'll meet fabulous singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters. The years go by like days, sometimes the days go by like years. And I don't know which one I hate the most. At the same old kitchen table, in the same old I'm drinking coffee and arguing with ghosts, arguing with ghosts. Gretchen's going to take you to the heart and soul of her new album, Dancing with the Beast. You're going to meet the characters in her songs, and you're going to hear about her unique way of writing, which is more similar to a novelist than to a singer-songwriter. This will intrigue you. Yes. And you guys, you probably best know Gretchen from the massive hit she wrote for Martina McBride, Independence Day. Let freedom ring. You're going to hear her thoughts on being a woman singer-songwriter in Nashville. Interesting stuff here. Yeah, Gretchen Peters. 
So it's all about the music and the creative inspiration behind that music today. Before we get to the meat of the show, Allie's got a little appetizer for you. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Okay, so this happened earlier this week. Dave and I are going to the U2 concert this weekend, and Dave is super excited about it because it's one of his favorite bands. And at dinner, we were talking about our favorite U2 songs, and our kids chimed in, and Clover said, well, my favorite is Popsicle, and little Luke chimed in, and he was like, my favorite is the Pokemon theme song. And I was like, you guys, you don't even know who you two are. And we were laughing. And they said, yes, we do. These are our favorite YouTube songs. <laughs> so they thought we were talking about YouTube, not YouTube. <laughs> Gotta love those awesome parenting moments. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Well, we're going to be right back with a pretty cute guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keith Harkin, former Celtic Thunder member, up next right after the break. Yep, and what's cool about this is you can hear the interview now and see him in concert very soon. Details on that coming right up. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you met him here once before. Keith Harkin, Irish singer-songwriter and former member of Celtic Thunder, is back to chat all about his latest album, In the Round, his Happy Days tour coming to Omaha on May 27th, which is a concert that you don't want to miss. Welcome, welcome back to the show, Keith Harkin. Well, it's great to have you back and to catch up with what you're up to. So first you have to share with us, what are people in for at the concert on May 27th at the Reverb Lounge? Well, the Reverb Lounge, the last time I played there, we completely sold the show out, which was March last year. We had an absolute blast there, and I'm pretty sure that it's getting close to selling out again this time around. And what people's in store for is, I've been working on lots of new music, And it's not only going to be new music, but I've been working on lots of new music that I'm really, really, really excited about. Um, Isn't it fun to do new music? There's nothing like bringing out the new music and and seeing how people react to it. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I mean, this will be my fifth studio record I'm about to start working on soon. And that's the material I've been writing for it. And I don't know why, but this one more than any other one. I'm just really excited to get the songs out there. And it's kind of weird because I'm not saying the other ones I didn't enjoy or I didn't like, but this one, I don't know. There's just something special about it. Do you feel like this one maybe has a little more magic to it? There's something going on there. I don't know. Oh, how fun. It's a coming of age thing. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and do you feel like as a songwriter you've matured or maybe you're becoming who you are? Yeah, I think both those things for sure. Um I think too, I don't know, I just love playing more more now than ever, you know, and I think people see that in my shows. I mean, I've been touring non-stop solo now for like three years, okay. and I can see, you know, it's funny when you're like, I mean, I'm 30, 32 now this year, and mm-hmm. it's funny when you're like 25, 26, you think you're as good as you can get on a guitar or vocals uh-huh. or songwriting-wise in your brain, but I can see a massive improvement in myself okay. over the years, you know, and I don't know, I think I'm... I think I'm at my best right now. I'm excited okay. to get on the road and share it. And then as far as your songwriting, I'm sure, you know, you feel like that has matured too. Do you feel like you're more comfortable with going to the risky places writing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of the above. Um, with songwriting, you know, as you know yourself, it's a, it's a strange thing. Some days you just write a song because you think it sounds cool, and then the other days you write a song because it's what you actually want to say. Uh-huh. Um, 
And nowadays, I try to combine both those things, and that's the hard part. Right. Making your statement, but also making it sound so other people might like it. Uh-huh. Right. Making it personal, but universal at the same time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now, have you recorded any of the new music yet, or are you testing it out on the live audiences first? I was on the road in March, uh, but a okay. lot of these venues that I'm playing on this tour, on the Happy Days tour, uh, I didn't do. So these are all the new kind of songs okay. to these people. But I tested them out in March, and I've been writing since then, too. So as I say, I've got loads of new material. But on top of that, I'll also be playing songs from my prior records that that everyone loves. um, And I'll be playing a few of the classic cover songs that everybody knows me for. Um, So they're kind of a mixed bag of everything, you know. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. Here with you this weekend, Keith Harkin, former member of the Irish band Celtic Thunder, will be swinging through the heartland soon. Now, are you still doing your house concerts? I am kind of still doing them. I did them at Christmas last year, and I don't think I'm going to be doing as many this year. The house concerts are fantastic fun for myself and all my team involved, and it's amazing fun for the ticket buyers or the the fans, you know, but it's just so much work. I Uh, bet from your end, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it literally kills me when I do Uh it. You know, like, we done a run there just before Christmas, and I think we went out around, like, a day or two either side of Thanksgiving and we got home on Christmas Eve and wow. we basically done a show every day bar two days. Wow. The difference with doing the house concerts you see compared to a regular venue is we supply everything so every day we have to be at the venue super early i.e. the house super early. Right. We bring chairs, we bring PA system, we supply food, we supply booze. That's a huge um, undertaking. It's a huge undertaking on a regular tour to do 30 shows in 30 days or something like that, but to do it with all those extra things combined, mm-hmm. it nearly kills me. Okay. And as much as I love it, you know, I think I'm not going to do it as much this year. I'm going to do a few because there's a few places that we go to that literally sell out in seconds, and, and, and they okay. really are fun, you know, but uh-huh. I don't think I'm going to be doing as many anymore. You're not going to kill yourself over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I know people keep asking me, am I doing them? But, you know, they're just so much work, and there's only one of me. Right. And when I do the house concert tour as well, you know, you're there, and I have to do a meet and greet, which is fine, but you're also doing a question and answer, and you're kind of, it's not like a, a venue, as much as I love everyone there, and I'm very appreciative of it. There's you know, no like backstage to go get, to, right. There's nowhere you can clear your head for five <laughs> right. minutes, you know, and it's like you're on stage for a solid month, and it's, it's a bit of a head wreck. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, you could probably write a book about that experience. Yeah, it's tough going, but as I say, we really loved it. But as for now, there's only one on the books on this tour um, in Houston. We're doing a house concert because somebody asked us, they begged us to do it. So we're okay. doing a house concert in Houston, <laughs> May 17th. Okay, so now all of your albums, I think the first one you did with David Foster, but since then you've been self-funding your albums. So what platform have you used and what has been the most successful? Uh, well, you know, I did self-fund my record after David Foster and then I went through to another record company okay. called Blue Elon and I, I worked with those guys for a bit. And now on my next record, which I'm currently working on, I think I'm just going to do it on my own again. Okay. I don't know. As much as I think all the people at record companies are great people, I think they really need to rethink the wheel. You know, uh-huh. yeah. um, they don't really know what's going on. I mean, I know I don't know what's going on. And a lot of musicians don't. But I feel that, you know, I've been doing it a long time now. And I've been deeply involved in music since a very early age. And Uh I think I just know what works best for me more so than anyone. You Um, know you. I know me. And I know when I want to do something, I get it done. As opposed to using other people, you know. And Mm -hmm. I just think that, I don't know, record companies, I feel bad for them in a way, you know. Because they really, it's it's a strange time for the music business. It is. They don't really know where their role is. I mean, it's, it's hard to figure out what everybody's role is currently in the music business. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah it's funny. Like you could pay a team of people to work all day on something, you know, in, in, in a record company, and then you could make a video on your phone that lasts 15 seconds, which has an impact a thousand percent more than what that team of people could have come up with in that day. And that's the craziness of the business right now. Yeah. It's really really exciting though. It is. It's scary because it's kind of in an in-between stage, but it's exciting too because who knows where it's going to go. Getting to the heart of Keith Harkin and maybe even the music business here on the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be back with more from Keith after this short break. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. And don't forget to make your plans to see Keith live in concert in Omaha on May 27th at the Reverb Lounge. And the seasons pass away And I still sit here lonely each and every day Wondering what's gone wrong Cause I don't remember seasons lasting all so long Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Here with you this weekend, Keith Harkin, talking about his latest music and his upcoming performance in Omaha May 27th at the Reverb Lounge. Talking about the music industry and creativity, let's get back with Keith right now. Creativity is so important to the songwriter or the creative, whoever they may be. And, you know, like you were talking about the record companies, a lot of times you have to protect that creativity from people who will use it, which I think is a little bit where you're going with your feelings about the record companies. So how have you learned to protect your creativity and make sure that, you know, the wrong people don't get involved to make it go the wrong way? You know what? You just have to be, I think you have to be strong-headed and also a bit pig-headed at times. Okay. Um, you know, if you are good at what you do, regardless of what it is, and you have a previous record, I look at some of the things that I may or may not have done on records when I first started and working with big companies and big right. people. And, you know, when you're younger, you do, you're almost afraid to say things, even right. though you're not sure. And you if think they're, they're, right they're the wrong. experts. Yeah, but then, you know, when I look back now, at my age I'm at now, even though I'm not an old man, you know, I'm 32, and I look back at when I was like 20 years old working with these people, they were my age then, and they were just clutching straws when I think right. back. Right. And when I think back to all the things that I knew would have worked for me, 99% of the time I was right. You know, uh-huh. I think you know yourself what works best for you, both musically, creatively, and on a production side, and on a marketing side. Uh-huh. You know who you are better than all those people combined. Uh-huh. And if you've got any brains at all, um, you just have to stick to your guns. And that's what I do nowadays, you know, within reason. You know right, what, it's not right. that you just go on and say no to everything. But uh-huh. I think you just have to stay strong and believe in what you believe in and, and go that route. Okay. So now, you know, we all run into our creative times when there's nothing coming our, our creativity isn't giving to us so how do you stir up the pot and bring your creativity back i just ignore it when i feel like that i just don't try okay i feel like if you you know it's like you I surrender it to it yeah i just I, it's not even a surrendering thing i think i just i just if i lift the guitar and i can't write a song i'm not going to force it 
Okay. You know, um, and I find that's the easiest way for me to to write. Um, and then when I do write, I grab it by the horns and I write as much, I squeeze as much out of that sponge okay. until it goes dry. Mm-hmm. And then I let it go again for a while. And then when I feel that juju coming on, I just write a bunch of songs. Uh-huh. And do you have a specific time that you're especially creative or does it just, you know, it shows up? I normally find uh, I'm most thoughtful in my own thoughts when I'm tired or when I may have had a big night out with my friends and the next day my brain sozzled. My brain slows down enough to actually think about what I actually want to think about, you know. Okay. So you need to have a big night out. (laughs) I need to have a big night out. We all do. Yes. Um, Yeah, I just find when I'm like kind of like tired, I think that's kind of when my brain slows down enough to, to think about the good, the real things. Uh-huh. And it puts you on the right track for creating, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. If you're just tuning in, Keith Harkin is here on the Mulberry Lane Show. He's a former member of Celtic Thunder, coming through the heartland here very soon on May 27th. So it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff in the works. They're going to be coming on a new album. And then what else is ahead for you, Keith? So, as I say, I'm working on a new record right now. Uh, I've got a live DVD in the pipeline. I, I'm building a studio back in Ireland, and the studio's got this old Irish bar attached to it. Oh, how awesome doing, is that? It is like a musician's dream. Oh, the fact my that gosh. A green room. It's a bar attached to my studio. Okay. Um, I started doing these live sessions in the bar, so I filmed a lot of that in January. Okay. Uh, with a whole live audience, so we're going to start leaking that out now throughout the year. So next week, I'm going to start demoing here in LA, um, and then from the rest of the year, I'm just going to keep writing and demoing. Okay. I'm probably going to start recording the next record sometime early next year. Okay, um, so you're going to sit with it a while and let it marinate, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm in no hurry for it. You know, if we're I don't know, we're meeting today for a bunch of shows at the end of the year, um, mm-hmm. and I'm basically on the road. I've been on the road basically since September of last year. Wow. So I'm quite happy to do my own thing and mm-hmm. just create content throughout the rest of the year, you know. Um, sure. I think that's a big thing nowadays. You have to create content, which is like a new part of being a musician. That's a whole, and it takes up so much time, too. It takes up so much time. You know, mm-hmm. it really does. Like, it takes up more time than booking a show and going to do a show, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what my year looks like right now, creating content and getting ready for this next record. When will the studio be done in Ireland? Studio's more or less done. Um, okay. You can check it out. It's called The Barn Studios. It's on Instagram. Um, I reckon another couple of million dollars should finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the studios, it's just endless. You know, it, it's sure. like how long's a piece of rope. Um, okay. But I built my studio with a musician in mind. Um, Perfect. It's a, it's a cool hang spot. It's in an old barn. It's a 170-year-old barn. Um, How cool. And it's all dry stone and very big and spacious and nice. And do you have people recording there all the time, I bet? I have people working at it quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. And how often do you get back to Ireland? I was just there two weeks ago, and I was there in January, um, and I'll probably get back by the end of the summer again. All right, Keith, well, it's always great to catch up with you. Sounds like you've got a busy year ahead, and you always have a seat here at the show. We'd love to have you back and chat the latest stuff when it's up. Thank you so, so much. And I'd just like to tell people, if you are coming to the show in Omaha, Nebraska, it's very close to selling out already. I think the VIP tickets and stuff might already be sold out. So if you want to come to the show, I would suggest getting your tickets beforehand. It's pretty close to getting there. Get those tickets. That's nice to be able to say that, isn't it? Oh, it's a relief. Yeah. (laughs) Get them now or they'll be gone. All right, Keith, take care. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Keith Harkin here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you check out his socials where he shares a lot of behind the scenes goings on of his tour. And make sure you check him out at the Reverb Lounge on May 27th. 
When we come back, you're going to meet another singer-songwriter, Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter, Gretchen Peters, up next. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Well, I need you more than ever. These are the cards I've dealt. Mercy, please. Oh, mercy, please. Poison that you pour in my path I'll climb any hurdle Yeah, you will feel my wrath Look, I'm not buying in for lies Look, I'm not selling out for greed Open up your eyes here And help me plant the seed When I need you more than ever I'm crying for your help so Bringing you the stories behind the songs Back to the Mulberry Lane Show Now, here's Mulberry Lane Right now, you guys are going to meet and hang out with Nashville singer-songwriter, Grammy nominee, Gretchen Peters. Her feminist anthem, Independence Day, recorded by Martina McBride, won the CMA Award for Best Song in 1995. She's also written songs for Shania, Etta James, Patti Loveless, and many others. And this 2014 inductee into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame's latest album, Dancing with the Beast, is out now. This album puts women characters of all ages front and center as it fearlessly explores the complexities of life. Welcome, welcome to the show, Gretchen Peters. That is the best intro I've ever had. (laughs) Thanks for saying that. Great to have you. Great to be here. In your bio, it says that this was written sandwiched between the Women's March at the start of it and then kind of ended with the Me Too movement. So how much did all of that play into what inspired this album? Well, it it all played into it in the sense that, you know, none of us write in a vacuum. You know, I started writing the songs for this album. For the most part, they were written in 2017. So I I knew I was going to have to deal with what was going on in the world because that's you know, what's going on in the world affects us all personally, too. Um, It's not like I sat down and purposely thought, okay, well, women are having a moment, so I'm going to write an album about women. It it was not at all that kind of a thing. Really, what happened for me, and what happens for me in songwriting in general, is that characters start to assert themselves in my mind, in my psyche somewhere, and they start talking to me. And I started hearing a lot of women's and girls' voices that intrigued me and and I started writing those stories you know when I got through the middle of writing the songs I thought wow this looks like a record that's stories with women and girls right at the front like you said some of the songs from a girl's perspective and then there's one from an older woman's perspective too so now yeah there's actually a couple from a in my mind anyway the characters and at least a couple of the songs are very very old women Uh yeah so do these ideas come to you inspired by people you know or do they just crawl out of your mind I think that my whole focus on writing songs is to try and bring out what's going on kind of in my subconscious you know kind of tap into that and so I think the end result is when the songs are done I I recognize people that I know in real life like for instance in the song Disappearing Act, after I'd written it, I recognized a lot of my mother in there. Again, it's not like I sat down and said, you know, I think I'll write a song about my mom. It's more that she was, she was in there. The subtle influences um, of her came out. Yeah, part of her came out in that song. And it's, it's not just her, it's other women too. There's never any kind of neat 
answer to that because it's just a big amalgam of whatever's going on down in there. Okay. Now, what's interesting to me is, you know, we interview a lot of different people in the arts on the show. And what you're describing, telling the stories of these characters, is almost more what we hear from novelists than songwriters. So do you feel yeah, like your I, process is a little bit different than other songwriters? I do sometimes. I'm, I'm very influenced by novels. Novels are like lifeblood to me. Uh-huh. And the other thing that I depend on for kind of creative food is films. So I tend to write really visually, and I tend to write in terms of characters probably more so than a lot of songwriters because really at the heart of it I'm a storyteller you know storytellers are drawn to characters they're drawn to certain people and certain attributes that are fascinating and inspiring to them and that's kind of how I feel about my characters in my songs if you're just tuning in you're listening to Grammy nominated singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters here on the Mulberry Lane show now do you feel like before you're able to write the song from the perspective of the character do you feel like you have to kind of know more about the character. Do you explore that side? I definitely do. And in fact, I teach songwriting workshops. And one of the big things that I try to get my students to do is do the backstory of the character. In other words, you have to really live with that character for a while and let them start speaking to you. And, you know, there's tons of novelists who, if you read books on writing, they'll say the same thing. You you have to wait until these characters become real and start breathing. Mm -hmm. And then they start talking to you, and then they basically tell you what to write. For the song to be authentic at all, you have to live with them. Because I think at the heart of it, what songwriters and writers and artists in general are doing is empathizing. And if you know a character well enough to empathize with them, then you can write truthfully about them. Okay, so now how much of you ends up coming out in the songs? Oh, I think more than I want. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, I I don't think there's any way to avoid that. And I think that's fine, and I think it's part of what makes people feel opened up by your songs is, is the feeling that you yourself have been vulnerable. And uh-huh. I think that, so it's, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, do you often co-write or is it mostly you? I don't co-write a lot. I came to Nashville and people may or may not know that Nashville is a big co-writing is, town. Yes. I, mean, they, I never found it to be a natural experience for me. Uh-huh. It always felt a lot to me like somebody saying, uh, you're going to go on a blind date with somebody and, oh, by the way, you have to show up naked. You know, right. I mean, it's just, yes. just so revealing and terrifying. So I, over the years, have learned that I'm not a natural co-writer, but I have a couple people that I really feel comfortable and close okay. enough with and unguarded enough with that I can co-write with them. I can imagine with your songwriting process the way it is, so personal to you that I could see how <laughs> co-writing would mess that up for you. Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, when you go to a co-writing session, you're kind of expected to have something, a melody or some lines or, you know, a verse or something like that. And uh, my process is so often I'm just kind of living with the character in my head for a long time right. before I write any words. Uh-huh. So it's, it's not a natural thing no. for me. I think you laid the basis for a new reality show. I think it should be Naked and Afraid songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> So this process has been your process for quite some time because you wrote Independence Day from the standpoint of an eight-year-old girl. Oddly enough, it's a is a point of view that I come back to a lot. I've written more than one song from that point of view. I don't know. I think writers tend to 
they, they have kind of old scabs they go back to pick at you know, the, over yes. and over again. They go to the same scenarios and the same things. And that point of view of a child who is watching the adults around her kind of fly apart. Did that song come out of personal experience? Only in the sense that I was eight years old when my parents divorced, and so I understood from a pretty visceral place how it feels to be that age and have your world kind of fly apart. The part about the domestic abuse, all of that, the storyline was all completely in my imagination. Uh But that little girl, I had great empathy with and I felt like I understood her. So I felt like I was able to write from her point of view. So now Dancing with the Beast, where did the title come from? Well, that was... Uh, a song that I did co-write with a friend and frequent co-writer of mine named Ben Glover. And we had taken a lunch break, and we were coming back to my writing room. We were talking about depression. He said something to the effect of, yeah, I've been dancing with the Beast a lot lately myself. And I said, hold up, we're going to write that song. It really got bigger than just being about depression. It was about, you know, whatever the things that you really have to face down in life and animate it and make that a person. You know, the Beast kind of came out, character-wise, came out to be sort of an abusive boyfriend type, you know, kind of someone who gaslights you, tells you that, you know, what you think you're seeing is not what you're really seeing. And I think that's a lot the way depression is, and I think that's the way we feel about our deepest inner fears. They lie to us. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the voice in your head that tells you all the bad things at three in the morning when you can't sleep, that kind of thing. And we we just kind of animated it and made it a person. We'll be right back with more from singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And we're taking you to break with the massive hit that Gretchen wrote for Martina McBride. Here's Independence Day. Let freedom ring. Music, arts, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters is here with you this weekend. In the first part of the interview, you heard all about her brand new album, Dancing with the Beast, and how the beast represents depression or maybe those thoughts that you have that make you feel less than worthy. Gretchen is sharing her creative process, how the concept of the album came together, and the challenges she's faced in the music industry. Let's get back right now with Gretchen Peters. So now what are the things that you've had to face down being a female singer-songwriter in Nashville? Oh, how long is your podcast? No. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, first of all, just the thing you just said, which I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not casting aspersions on you guys because this is the way it is. But we are all called female singer songwriters right. by default, and yeah. you know, um, every woman that I know that does what we do just wants to be considered a singer songwriter. My second publishing deal in Nashville uh, back in 1990, my first really big publishing deal, I asked my publisher, my new publisher, why she was signing me. She was a woman. 
And she said, because I want some more female singer-songwriters around here. And I just thought, don't you just want good ones? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, But that's just one of the things that comes up for every woman that I know that's here trying to work in the music business. It makes it hard to ignore that when, you know, the, the majority of the airplay in country music are men. Well, that's true, too. And the thing about that is that that's not new news. I mean, when I was having success, and and a lot of my success, the major part of it was with female artists recording my songs, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Martina McBride, Patti Loveless, Faith Hill, Susie Boggess, Pam Tillis. They were having to struggle with radio stations that would only, literally only play one woman per hour on their station. And this is in the 90s. And then they would never play two women back to back. This whole issue is nothing new. And I hate to see that, you know, in 20-something years, 25 years, we really haven't progressed as far as country radio goes anyway. Mm Very and if anything, it's almost gotten worse. I think. <laughs> I think it. I think it has. And, but but I think the silver lining and the good part is that a lot of female artists and singer songwriters and songwriters have seen that they can do it Go for around. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the world has opened up to all of us. I took a left turn in the year two thousand, and just after my first record deal, which was a traditional major label, you know, record deal. And I just said, I'm, I'm never going to do that again. I want to mm-hmm. be my own captain of my own ship. I want to make right. my own decisions. Yep. And that was early to be doing that. It, it was it was not something that everybody was doing. But now look around you. I mean, yep. uh, it's possible to be completely independent and to be very successful, too, which is, that is a huge improvement. That, that is. It is huge. Yeah. So now what do you hope people take away? First and foremost, I hope that they're moved. At the end of the day, this is going to sound terrible, but if I see somebody crying at one of my shows, I feel really good because <laughs> I know I've done my job. You know, you've touched, you touched someone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess because I came to music because it moved me, it was cathartic for me. Sad songs really did make me happy. Yes. It, it made me not feel so alone. And so when I feel like I've given that to someone in my audience, if it's a live show or someone who's bought my record, I feel like that's success to me, um, just being able to move people and open their hearts up to, especially when you write character songs, you know, involving characters that may be so different. I always think about John Steinbeck and the Grapes of Wrath, and I think that book has moved millions and millions of people, very, very few of whom were Okies in the Dust Bowl, you know. Exactly. He was able, <laughs> you know, he was able to make us feel everything that those characters felt and that's the way you get i not to be too highfalutin about it but that's the way you get a better world i think the personal becomes universal absolutely and it and it opens up our our empathy and our hearts and i think we become kinder people because of that and we understand I hope that, more about each other yeah yes that's always where i'm aiming in terms of you know writing these little stories set to music. Mm-hmm. Singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters right here joining your weekend on The Mulberry Lane Show. On your new album, do you have a favorite character or just one in particular you might want to tell our audience about? Well, I, for me, I don't pick favorites because it's like children, you know, right. you can't do that. But, uh-huh. but for me, there was one song that, there's always one song in the process of writing an album, it seems like that raises its head and says, I'm pointing the way for you now. I had a sense of where I was going after I wrote this 
song, and it's the song The Boy from Rye. Okay. Maybe because partly it was the most personal. It was really written from a memory of being 13, 14 years old. When I had the idea for it, I realized, you know, I really want to write this partly because I don't know that many songs about how treacherous a time adolescence is for girls and the really kind of intricate personal parts of that. And I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I really wanted to do it because I I wanted to talk about things that we don't always like to talk Uh about in that song. Uh And so that one for me felt uh, really personal and I won't, like I said, I won't, I won't say it's my favorite, but it's it's definitely one that matters a lot to uh-huh. me. Okay, got it. Would, would you say it was it was freeing in a way? Yeah, I think it's always freeing to write about something you're a little bit afraid of. Yeah. You know, I, I've had this experience a few times and with, over the past several albums. I just kind of made a real conscious decision to go to the place that I was the most afraid of, and it yeah. was very fruitful for me. So I think I've learned that uh, when I feel a little bit nervous and a little bit edgy about writing about something, that's the place I need to go. Yeah. And you trust it. And it is yeah. absolutely free. Yeah. And then before we let you go, one of the purposes of this show is life gets so complicated, life gets so busy, that a lot of times the first thing we give up is our creativity because there's so many things that have to be done. So how have you managed to keep your creativity alive during just, you know, the busy times of life? It's such a great question. And I talk about this when I teach songwriting workshops a lot. I think the first thing that you have to do, honor your talent. If you poo-poo it, if you let that voice inside of you that says, well, you're not really a writer, you're just, it's just a hobby, you're not really, you know, you don't really do this because you don't really have enough success, whatever your internal critic is saying. If you let that voice be the only voice that you hear, you're never going to make time for it. And so I think the The first thing, (laughs) yes, exactly. I think the first thing you have to do is honor your talent and accept that it's a part of you. There's three other things that I try to practice and that I always tell students, you have to make a time for it, okay. even if it's only an hour a day, even if you got to get up an hour early just to do it so that the rest of the day doesn't get in your way. You have to have a place where you do it, whether that's a corner of your house or an office or taking a walk and talking into a, a phone, you know, however you have to have a place. The third thing is you have to have time alone. You've got to make time for solitude because even if you're a songwriter who co-writes all the time I still believe that the real spark of creativity happens primarily when you're in a place of solitude mm-hmm. I agree. it's where you can be most honest with yourself too absolutely yeah and, and not feel judged absolutely well let's hope let's hope so except you got to deal with that beast first. right that beast <laughs> in your head yeah <laughs> Well, Gretchen, we want to thank you so much for joining the show and letting us in on your creative process, hearing about how this album came together, and we'd love to catch up with you down the road. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Nashville-based singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Be sure to download her brand new album, Dancing with the Beast. And here's a song off the new album, Love That Makes a Cup of Tea. There is love that moves a mountain. There is love that beats a drum There is love that fights for justice Knowing justice won't be done There is love that goes to prison 
love that goes to war There is love that rows a lifeboat Towards some shining golden shore And there is love that makes a cup of tea Asks you how you're doing And listens quietly Slips you twenty dollars When your rent's behind That's the kind of love I hope you find That singer-songwriter Gretchen Peters here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Girl, thanks for sharing your songwriter's heart. Loved hearing about what inspires you, how you keep it going, and encouraging women along the way in country music. Yes, and best thing about it is it's your story, doing it your way, writing in your own style, and that's what makes it all work. Don't forget to check out Gretchen's latest album, Dancing with the Beast. Who else do we need to thank, sisters? Okay, well, big hugs to Keith Harkin. Not a hard thing to do. (laughs) Keith, who was a former member of Celtic Thunder, he's an awesome musician, awesome songwriter, great performer, and he's got a cool accent, too. Yes, he's going to be coming to the Heartland, Des Moines on the 25th, Kansas City on the 26th, and here in Omaha on the 27th. Keith's got a bright future, a lot of irons in the fire, and a lot of fire in his songs. True that. (laughs) All right, guys, we want to send out a big mulberry kiss for hanging out with us for the last hour. (laughs) Make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend. We'll be here, so you be right there. Yep, and in the meantime, connect with us all week on Facebook and Instagram, and check out our Insta stories. We're having a lot of fun with those. That's right. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, remember to create in the chaos. And that's a wrap. Woo!